Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Well, I mean, their investigations are just so patently stupid. I'm embarrassed for them. I mean, they're, they're you know, they're talking to they, arms they also, dealers you know, and people that illegally smuggle, that illegally smuggle Iranian oil to the Communist Chinese Party. They they, they talk about tapes in the FBI. And then Grassley gives up the game and says, well, we don't care whether he's guilty or not. I could go down the list. Now, I've got a lot of people who want to ask you questions. And if they want to ask questions okay, about the but economy, I just make one fine. point. These I, investigations, I, I, the, yeah, go right. ahead. These investigations, they don't matter to the average American people. This is the right wing, the hard right wing talking to each other. Let them keep talking to each yeah. other. That's right. You don't care that Joe Biden might have been in business with Hunter Biden and bribes may have gone to the then vice president of the United States of America. And Lord only knows what's still taking place. You don't care, according to Chuck Schumer. Thank goodness Joe Scarborough is on the case. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The Georgia indictment, we discussed it earlier, where the issues are, where the case is, this utilizing RICO, this racketeering concept as a way of trying everybody at once so you can desperately get maybe one person and therefore find the whole chain, including President Trump, guilty. Is this the way this should be prosecuted? Is this the difference between the state and and the federal? What exactly are we looking at here and how exactly should the defense go breaking this down is Brett Tolman. Brett Tolman is uh, the executive director of Right on Crime, former U.S. attorney. You can follow him on Twitter, Tolman, T-O-L-M-A-N, Tolman Brett on Twitter. That's with two T's. Uh, you've gone through this indictment. You've been talking about it on, on cable news and, and, and other uh, places. As you go through what Georgia has put out, two questions for you. What is your take on what Fannie Williams, the district attorney, is doing? And how does this state prosecution differ than maybe how it would have appeared on a federal level? Tony, thanks for having me on. Um, appreciate the, the discussions that we're, we're having on this. And, and I think the American people, you know, for the most part, they look at a, an indictment that comes down and, and they, you know, it's 98 pages and it's filled with facts and, and it's, it cites to the law and and they their initial reaction has to be well it, it must be pretty serious or or you know they they presented it to a grand jury and but i back up and i say look let me give you my experience on this and let me let, let me tell you what this really is when when i said online that to me this is a frankenstein 
case. It's been put together utilizing facts and, and, and the law that are grotesque. It needs to be on display. It needs to be torn apart and its creator needs to be run out. I firmly believe that because it is the utilization of a statute that was intended to mirror the federal statute. And there are some differences that we can talk about in Georgia and why, why they think they have a case that they can pursue there. But this was, this statute was intended to go after two types uh, of entities. One, a, a drug cartel or a mafia cartel that is running a seemingly legitimate enterprise that actually has at its foundation criminal conduct. And then two, gangs that operate as a, an organization, you know, violent gangs that, that do all kinds of criminal uh, behavior. Nobody thinks they're a legitimate enterprise, but you use, you use these statutes to attack those very difficult entities and take out the entire organization at, at, at one, at one you know, prosecution. What you don't use this, this for is to go after somebody who is trying to use the law to challenge legally and factually um, an election. And, and that's what's happening here. So we, we've heard this before, that, that really this, this case hinges on the idea that Trump was wrong for challenging the election results in and of themselves. Is that what Fannie Williams is saying? Or is there something else in it that someone could say, all right, there's a kernel of something here? Well, when, you, when, a, when a prosecutor charges a conspiracy, they, they will list out all of the individuals that are involved in a conspiracy, and they'll list each of their conduct, whether they've indicted that co-conspirator or not, and they'll outline all of the conduct of each individual, including their main target. And that's those, those facts that they put into an indictment for conspiracy are supposed to reveal that that group is operating a criminal enterprise. And and, and when you back up and you say, okay, what is, what is the criminal enterprise? What are they really doing? The argument is, coming from Georgia, that they knew the election wasn't fraudulent. They knew that there was no basis to challenge it, but they did so anyway, knowing that was false. Well, guess what? That's not illegal conduct, Tony. We have allowed that for 200-plus years. You can be absolutely wrong. It doesn't even apply just to an election. You can go into court knowing that you don't have a case. You can argue that, you, that, that you've been wronged, and you can be lying to the court that you were wronged, and you can lie to the court about the facts and the law supporting your case. And guess what? It gets thrown out. You don't get prosecuted criminally for being wrong or even lying about what the facts and the law say about your case. Talking to Brett Tolman, a former U.S. attorney. He's the executive director of Right on Crime. You can go to rightoncrime.com, get more information, a uh, part of the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Uh, You're you're Trump in, in this case. You have to, to mount uh, the defense like you're mounting the defense in three other indictments. Is it easier or is it harder when you are dealing with these Georgia state RICO statutes and the fact that you're going to be charged with 18 other people? 
Yeah, it, it does. It makes it harder um, in one sense, um, and and yet it's easier in another. A federal in a federal case, you have very little maneuverability as a defendant and a defense attorney to try to get rid of the case. Um, very limited in the motions you can bring. In the state, however, you have greater ability to maneuver as a defense attorney. There are more motions to dismiss you can file. There are arguments that you can make. You can try to take matters up on an inter- what's called an interlocutory appeal, which is an appeal during the, the criminal case itself. In the federal system, you got to wait till it's all done. Um, so we'll see how that plays out. Will, will Trump and his legal team um, be able to dismiss this? Will they, will they get a fair uh, assessment while they're, while they're inside the courtroom? But remember, Tony, <clears throat> there's a reason why the founders said, um, you know, did not prohibit someone from running for president of the United States if they had a felony. They knew that those in political power might try to eliminate opponents by prosecuting them and giving them a felony. While some countries say if you have a felony conviction, you can't run for president, our country does not. Um, and it's for that reason, the, because they saw, the founders saw that the, the, the criminal law could be used to, to bury political opponents. Now, to that end, you actually uh, reposted this today on, on Twitter or X, whatever we're calling the thing, I can't keep up. Um, <laughs> It was an article from 2016, October of 2016 on CNN. This is the headline. You can't make this up. Trump threatened to jail Clinton if elected. These countries might do the same. And it was an article about what an absolutely awful thing it is to threaten to jail your political opponents. What makes this different uh, than, as Dana Bash put it, what makes this country different from countries with dictators in Africa or Stalin or Hitler or any of those countries with dictators and totalitarian leaders is when they took over, they put their opponents in jail. This was 2016. We are not eight years removed from it. And very much certainly the Trump supporters say this looks like election interference. Of course, President and Trump is referring to it as election interference. Other people might say, well, the case was going to get brought. The guy was always going to run for president. He could always claim election interference. How do you make that claim stick? Is that something for really the court of public opinion? Or is there something within the actual court system that the, the Trump team can utilize to their advantage? Well, there's two things that are interesting right now. The timeline and the coordinated effort of all these prosecutions, these cases, um, uh, at, if, if you look at when they bring the charges, they can't hide from the fact that it now very much appears that these charges are coordinated uh, to protect the Bidens at the same time to bury a, a political adversary. And then, you know, go back and, and Tony, you, you and I both remember when Jim Comey stood at the pulpit and said that no, no reasonable prosecutor would bring this case against Hillary. And DOJ came out with a policy that said we will not bring cases that will have an immediate impact on a presidential or significant election. So that was the tenor and the, and the tone of DOJ and, and the left in 2015 and 2016. And, and yet, as you point out, the left has now embraced, emphatically embraced, an approach and a use of the criminal justice system to take down a political opponent or individuals 
that they that, that the message they don't approve of uh, because it threatens their ability to maintain power. That's where we're at, and it, it is going to take some heroic effort, uh, both in the media with voices like yours and and in in politics with with individuals who get into office who are willing to gut power of these large organizations and, and especially in the criminal justice system. Talking to Brett Tolman, a former U.S. Uh, attorney uh, and the executive director of Right on Crime, rightoncrime.com. We just saw that we saw that uh, Mark Meadows, who is then chief of staff, is looking to I'm going to use the terminology be removed from this. Basically, he wants this taken out of state and brought uh, to to federal court because his argument is. I was a an official in the executive branch, therefore in the federal government, and you can't bring these charges against me because I was doing my job. I think the same claim, while not being part of the federal government, is going to be made by John Eastman, who uh, worked as a lawyer for President Trump, who said, look, who was going to say, look, the guy asked me for what a possible opportunity is or or how he should address this. I gave him the, the legal possibility. I was doing my job as a lawyer. How in the world do you label me a co-conspirator? Uh, in the case of the former chief of staff, in the case of the lawyer john eastman um do either one of these guys have a chance of getting removed from this uh rico case yeah and i I would add jeff clark who's the you know assistant attorney general at ndoj at the time and so you do have questions of immunity there 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 is immunity in in government positions you also have you know some real questions about going after um a president former president based on the uh, his actions while sitting as a president those are new new for us tony we don't we don't see this kind of effort and and so we're going to have to see if um you know what what a judge you know what the their their analysis is i don't think they'll get it removed uh to federal court i don't think they'll be um eliminated from the case I think there's a really good chance that this is going to be pushed to a jury. And, and that's where I think Trump is, is going to have to, to win the fight. He's going to get one. He's got to get one juror, at least one juror to to understand and see this for for what the prosecution actually is. Let's let us now be the people of of brass tacks. You have been in these situations. You have been in courtrooms. You understand where we're, uh, you know, the the political nature of where the jury selection is and how difficult that is to 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 find uh, what what you think is the right crowd. You know, picking jurors is never easy. Uh, if you're a betting man, Brett, percentage chance that Trump is going to jail. Not that he should, but is. So I, I think the more likely than not, the conviction, the case in Washington, D.C., I think is the most difficult case for him in terms of a conviction and going to prison. They they have limited ability to defend on that case. They have a judge that is itching to take on this case and wants to sentence Donald Trump. You have a jury that it will be very difficult to, to get one individual, far more difficult than in Georgia, to get one individual willing to acquit um, um, Donald Trump. And so with a conviction, that judge is going to immediately take him into custody and, and is going to sentence him within 30 days 
to a sentence that will be several years in prison. It's very, very possible that Donald Trump will be running for president and appealing that conviction uh, from the inside of a jail cell. The difference, by the way, is, well, I still have got a minute with you, is that if he's convicted regarding Jack Smith, the special counsel, and he wins the presidency, he can, although it will be certainly the fight of fights, he could pardon himself. Or somebody else who's a Republican wins, he can get a pardon. But if he Absolutely. goes to jail in the RICO case in Georgia, there is no pardon possible from the president. That's right. There's no pardon possible. You have to follow state law and in Georgia. You would ultimately have a, a commission that that weighs in on pardons and then the, the governor. So it, it would be out of his hands. Um, so he, he does have he has to fight, you know, quite quite seriously on all fronts, obviously. But in Georgia and in New York, he needs to win. Brett Tolman, right on crime dot com is where you find his work right on crime dot com. Brett, I appreciate you taking the time more to get to find everything at Tony dot com. This is Tony Katz today.